You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley, and we get my wife again, Cassandra. It's uh, it's almost the end of your birthday month. It is. I, I It's all month long. <laughs> I look forward to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it'll be in uh, 11 months, so... Before we know it, it's going to be 2025. So anyhow, today's episode 244. Today's topic is something a lot of people don't think about, but it's waterproofing a basement or a foundation to prevent toxic mold growth. And the reason I say most people don't think about it is, you know, once you buy a home or move into your home, all the backfill's done and you just don't think about waterproofing. Yeah, no, because I I would assume that a house is built waterproof. I mean, I don't know another way to say it. I would assume that's part of the deal with building any house. It's supposed to. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's funny I say it that way, but, you know, it's no different than mold mitigation. There's certain steps that should be taken. Most of the time, a lot of guys don't do it. So, you know, it's uh, I follow a, an inspector who's out of uh, Arizona and he does new construction and it's crazy the amount of defects that he talks about. And, you know, I know things are booming as far as home building in, in a lot of places in the United States. But when companies try to cut corners, that's what happens. And I know, you know, as a mold inspector, that's something we pay attention to. And I have seen a lot of defects when it comes to the waterproofing. And that's like one of the main things I see is is that it's not waterproofed high enough. Mm-hmm. On the foundation. And then another thing I usually see in this, I start seeing this when the insulated, I think it's called ICF, insulated 
uh, concrete forms, but it was a star ever foam, like the Lego put together forms for a foundation. I started seeing a lot of problems with that because they tried to just put the tar that you roll on it and that's it, it wouldn't adhere. And sometimes, depending on the type of material you're putting on there, it would actually eat at that styrofoam. Hmm. So, so it's very important to, I guess, kind of do your own due diligence as our listeners would need to do. Or if you're buying a home that's newly built, you, you do need to. And I'm not saying all contractors cut corners, but it is up to you as the homeowner to make sure that your contractor's doing what he should be doing. Absolutely. And, you know, waterproofing, I'm assuming, relates to, there are so many components to it on a house, right? Yes. When, yeah, when you, the front porch, the eaves, like there's so many elements of waterproofing in a bathroom. Right. Yes. Yeah, so if you're doing tile or, you know, starting with the outside, like siding, your roof, all sorts of things. Waterproofing is very important. When we get inside, you know, you think about your tub or your shower, tile, you know, before they do that, they have to have the proper waterproofing. Um, so yeah, it's very important. You know, your driveway with concrete, the waterproofing, when I think of waterproofing, I think about the sealer, the concrete sealer. The foundation's really important because that that's where all the water can sit. And the water, if the water accumulates by the foundation due to improper grading and drainage, Water follows the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. Foundations are going to crack. There's nothing you're going to do to change that. Correct. Your foundation will crack, and up to a certain width, it's classified as common curing and settling cracks. But the the, the waterproofing would prevent the water from, from coming through those cracks. How Given how much has to be waterproofed in a house, how does somebody know if they have proper waterproofing overall? That sounds like a lot of things to keep in check. Well, I, you know, if you have something like, let's just say on the exterior of your house, let's say it has some sort of wood siding or wood soffits or wood fascia or wood shake shingles, something, anything that's porous or somewhat semi-porous should be waterproof. So like your, you know, your floors in your house, if you have hardwood, like the true hardwood, you know, once the hardwood's laid down, you actually put the stain, whatever color you want that to be. And then you put a clear coat over it, which is polyurethane. You actually put on tongue and groove flooring, you actually put like three coats of mm-hmm. of clear coat on there just for that wear and tear. So for our listeners, you, you should be able to tell. Like like I said, if, if, if it's a wood surface, it, it should be sealed. It's no different than like the desk we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Over time, which we'll see that on in the other desks in the house, after the wear and tear, that finish comes off and then the wood is exposed. Okay. So I kind of went a little deep into that, but that's how... You know, for our listeners, they would know if things are waterproofed. You'd have to just look at it, and if it can soak up any water, then it, you need to waterproof it. And so, how difficult is it once you realize that there are parts of your house, exterior and, and interior, that aren't properly waterproofed? How difficult is it to then waterproof after the fact? It depends on what it is. If we're okay. talking about the foundation, that's a, that's a major undertaking. When I say major, it's a big deal. Uh, to waterproof your foundation, you have to literally dig up around the entire foundation. 
When you're buying a house, how do you how do you test to see if it's waterproof? Do you take the the hose and sprinkle around? No. The, <laughs> how no, do you test you're, it? Well, you you don't really test it per se. Okay. Um, but there are indicators. Uh, your inspector should be able to pick up on that. Okay. So, like one of the first things we look at, and and I've talked about this in previous podcasts. You know, when I do an inspection, I start with the exterior, and the reason why I start with the exterior is. Let's say when I'm up on the roof, there's some missing shingles and it's over the southwest corner of the house. I know when I go up in the attic, so I do the exterior, then the next thing I do is crawl space attic. When I go up in the attic, I'm like, okay, in that southwest corner of the attic, I want to see if if there's any water stains. Mm -hmm. So I can look up and look at the subroof. I can look at the roof trusses and see if there's any water damage. And then obviously it could miss all of that. And then I would look at the insulation. Okay. Um, if I see water damage, then I can actually pull the insulation back. So, you know, in an attic, you, depending on where you live, you should have about R31, which R values, how we measure, uh, radon or not radon. It's radon awareness month, but it's the last day of the month. <laughs> Anyhow, that's how we measure the R value. R value. Okay. Um, but I can pull back you know, that 12 to 20 inches of insulation, I can pull that back during the inspection and look at the sheetrock, which would be the backside of the ceiling Mm -hmm. of the room below it. Okay. So that's how you could tell uh, when it comes to something like a roof with your foundation, if it's flat grading, flat grading is obviously an indicator that the water could settle and will settle next to the foundation. Mm -hmm. You'd look for cracks. Let's say it's a crawl space on the inside of that foundation. So when you're down in the crawl space, or if it's an unfinished basement, you could look at those, the same crack. And if you see water stains coming down it, that's how you can tell it's not waterproofed. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's, there's ways to figure it out. There's also, if you're buying a house, your home inspector should be. Should. should. That's a big, Okay. okay. that's a big gray area. Okay. Um, because You know, as a certified home inspector, that's one of the things that they have to look at. But to kind of go back to what your question was, is there are indicators to know. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you can look at your foundation and you can see that black tar. You can see some, it's not always tar. Sometimes it's a pill and stick membrane. Okay. Um, So it's kind of like a thicker piece of of rubber that's on there, Mm -hmm. but you can see it. The water stains, those are indicators that, hey, there's there's nothing there. Okay. Did I kind of not answer your question? Or? Well, I guess I'm thinking about it from the perspective of if I'm somebody listening to this episode and I'm saying, I think there might be waterproofing issues in my house. My question then is, what do I do next? Well, you would, depending on the material that it is, you'd have to decide what type of waterproofing you're going to do. You know, if there's a hole, let's just say you have a tub shower enclosure that's fiberglass. If there's a hole in it, that, that, that it's not waterproof. Mm-hmm. You'd have to get some sort of patch kit to seal that. You could use silicone or whatever. If it's your hardwood floors, you know, maybe they're, it's been 10 years since they've been refinished. They might have to be refinished. Things like that. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So then my, my question at that point is... When is waterproofing actually creating more of a mold problem? The reason why I ask that question is because... If you trap moisture. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard you talk about jobs where people literally, whatever they did in the bathroom especially, was they just caulked over, like they just sort of covered it up 
as yeah. opposed to handling it. Yeah, so there's there's different scenarios, you know, in um the case study book, the most recent book that I wrote. I don't remember the name of the chapter, but I think it's like chapter six or seven. I talk about a mold issue uh, that we dealt with in Wyoming. And what it was, was there was a leak behind the stall shower and water was leaking and coming on the floor every once in a while. Well, the previous tenants of the, it was a rental property. The previous tenants just kept putting silicone at the base of the wall. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, I'm not, I don't want to be very demeaning, but it was kind of a boneheaded move. Like, wouldn't you want to figure out where the water's coming from? That's just how I think. Uh, But what they were doing was they were trapping all that water underneath the the shower itself and in, in wall cavities. And so by the time it was discovered... It was a major, major mold issue, and then insurance wouldn't cover it because it had been going on for years. Um, so that is a concern. Like if you're if you're just sealing something up and you know it's wet or there's water coming in, that's never a good idea. Yeah. And you know sometimes, and I and I get it. Our listeners are like, well, not all of us are like you, Steve. We don't have infrared cameras and moisture meters and air scrubbers and everything you have. I Like, I get that. Um, but sometimes you just have to get a professional in there. And once again, you got to get the right professional in there. You know, so if you if you had an issue like that, and, and I'm not being demeaning to any professions, but maybe a plumber wouldn't be the guy that you need to call or gal. Correct. A handyman might not be the right person. Even a mold inspector might not be the right person if they're not a good mold inspector. Correct. And Does it, that make sense? And it's a lot about their specialty. You might want to go see a particular doctor that you think is really good, but they might not be able to help you diagnose, diagnose mold sickness because that's not their specialty. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't go to your orthopedic if you have allergy concerns. Correct. And and that's my point. Like, I'm not being demeaning to other professions, but you've got to get the the right profession in there and the right person, which can be kind of difficult because I can only talk to my expertise. But but to go back to your question, never, ever try to cover something. Like, if you're trying to cover something up, I mean, if you're if you're a renter, that can backfire on you. If you're a homeowner and you don't disclose that when you go to sell your home, the new buyers can come back on you. There's a whole lot of uh, liability concerns if you're trying to cover something up. So I'd be very, very hesitant to just hurry and seal something. Absolutely. So then what's your call to action for people? Just take five minutes. I say this all the time. And, you know, we were talking more of the, like the foundation outside, but take five minutes and just go out and make sure that you can see the waterproofing on your foundation. If you have an unfinished basement, you can go downstairs, look for water stains that weren't, they literally come through those cracks and run down the wall. Is it also good if you've, you've just had a rainstorm to go to your basement and see, did yep. anything from the outside come inside? Yep, exactly. And you, okay. you know, you can tell it's concrete and concrete, you know, a lot of people, we think that it's not porous. Concrete is more porous than you would think it is. And in the springtime, mainly, that's when the soils are a lot more wet than than most of the year. Like this time of year, they're not wet because it's frozen. But you can see like your concrete will actually go from the light gray color to a darker gray because it's wet. And if it's wet, 
you know, that tells you all that water sitting next to the foundation. Exactly. And you, it could be a simple, has nothing to do with waterproofing. It could be a grading issue. Yeah. Where okay. you need to elevate the, uh, the dirt grade out there, slope it away from the house. That makes sense. Clear as mud? Clear as mud. All right. We have, uh, it's a Mold 101 digital bundle that we have available on the website. In the past, I told the listeners it was a hidden page. It's no longer a hidden page, correct? correct? Yep. You, you're the one that does all that. Yes. But I, you unlocked it or however Absolutely. that's called. Absolutely. It's there. If you go to the cnc site, you should be able to see products, I think. But you should be able to find it. It's one of the pages and okay. it's not hidden. And I'll put uh, in the description... For this episode, I'll put the link for the bundle, but it's very inexpensive. It's like $59, isn't it? I can't remember the price. I don't either, but it has a lot of information, has some checklists in it and things like that. So go to our website, cnccontractorservices.com, purchase that Mold 101 digital bundle. And this was episode 244. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.